theyeshiva.net. Page Tesvav in the Kuntras. At the end, towards the end of Siv Gimel, of Basilagani Tavshin Tesvav. This is not an easy shtickle. It's very, very complex, very complicated, and very, very profound. The truth is that it requires many shiurim to really get into this. But I just want to give the summation of the Isis said in the Maimon, and then we're going to move on. The question that was raised in Siv Gimel was, since the ultimate kavana of all of existence is Dira Betachtainim, Lasis Layus Barach Dira Betachtainim. So it means that every Nukuda in Avaida is relevant to the objective of Dira Betachtainim. And hence, one has to understand what's the connection between Shtus Tikdusha and Dira Betachtainim. Emes, in order to battle and triumph over Shtus of Klippa, you need Shtus Tikdusha. But since the entire reason for the existence of the world and the entire reason for the fact that Hashem allows there to be shtus of klip and the fact that He demands that there should be a battle against it is all to reach to the betachtainu. So the question is, what's the relationship between shtus ta'avoyd of shtus dikdusha that through that <coughs> the kavan of the betachtainu is fulfilled? So the Rebbe says to answer this question, the Friedrich Rebbe in his Maimah Basilagani doesn't just say you need Shtuz Dikdush, and doesn't just give an example from the Gemara in Silvers where uh, Rabbi Shmuel Rabbi Yitzchak was dancing and juggling the three Hadassim, and Rabbi Zayda said, But he starts explaining a beer. And what's his beer? He says that. No, no thought can grasp the energy of the Ein Saif. It's beyond Geder Hasaga. And therefore through intellectual tools of the human cognitive faculties, it can't be grasped. This is what it said in Basil Lagani Tavshinyu. So the Rebbe is Medayik, he doesn't say Lamaila Mehasaga. He says Lamaila Migeder Hasaga. Not beyond comprehension, but beyond even the parameters, the perimeters of comprehension. And explains that there's basically, the Rambam and others explain that there's two levels, two types of knowledge. You remember, yeah, there's Yidiyas Achiyov, there's Yidiyas Ashlila. Yidiyas Achiyov is, you know something in a positive way, in an affirmative way, meaning you have the ability to describe something of its nature, of its essential qualities, properties, and so forth. This is called Yidiyas Achiyov. You know what it is in a positive way, meaning you can define the qualities and the characteristics of this particular person or object or concept or emotion. Yidiyas hashlil is, it's too abstract to be able to define what it is, but you could still learn about it by defining what it's not. And the very fact that you can define what it's not means two things. First of all, that it's not completely beyond your definition because you can at least say what it's not, right? 
If it would be completely beyond your scope, you wouldn't even be able to say what it's not, because you have no, no shaykhis to it not to say what it is, not to say what it's not. In other words, you appreciate something of its radical transcendence and uniqueness and sublimity and how flawed, it's wonder, to the point that you could say it's not this, it's not this, it's not this. You could be shoylo, that's what shlila means. You could negate and demonstrate what it's not. That's point number one. And by point number two, by many negations, you get some glimmer of appreciation of what it is. Not in the sense of what it is that you could define what it is, but from the not, you could know something of what the, 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 what the yes. When the Maimir says, it means not only it's beyond Hasaga, which means beyond Yidiyas Achiyah, but it's still Begeder Hasaga, which would be Yidiyas Hashlila, but it's beyond Geder Hasaga means it transcends even Yidiyas Hashlila. Because Yidiyas Hashlila may not be Hasaga, but it's Begeder Hasaga. It's in the parameter of Hasaga. And the very fact that you could be Shoilo things from it means that there is already a relative relationship in Erech. Right, the Tanya brings the famous metaphor that you're not going to say on a chachma, on a svari, you're not going to say the shear is so deep, it's so deep, I couldn't reach it with my fingers. Right? I, couldn't, I couldn't reach it with my fingers because it was so deep. Obviously, the sentence is a comical sentence. That's what it says in Tanya. In Shari Perektas. He says, It's a comical it's a comical sentence. What do we mean it's a comical sentence? The idea of depth when it comes to physical properties is completely not relatable to the concept of depth when it comes to uh, non-tangible properties like logic. You'll say, I, I'm feeling it so deep, it's such a deep emotion. You can't reach it with your hand. It's not in the same gather. So by negating it, by saying, oh, it's so deep and therefore you can't touch it, you didn't express what it is. You didn't, by this shlila, you didn't express what it is because it doesn't relate to it that by negating it, right, you get, you get closer to it. What about when somebody says, like, we see on slide a lot, tofes, nitfas, isn't that the same idea? The question is, what, what nitfas depends. Physically, nitfas means grasp with your hand. When you're speaking in spiritual terms, nitfas doesn't mean that. Nitfas means you say, I grasp what you're saying. I grasp the idea. We all understand it doesn't mean that I take the idea with my two arms and I grasp with my two hands and I grasp it and I'm holding on to it. Yidiyah when it comes to it's so deep that I can't reach it with my hands. It's not that's actually. not Yidiyah because that's the point. Another way, my point is that when you're being shoyloh something from something, there is already some type of uh, relationship that the shlila means something. If not, it, I know something through shlila. I know. I say it's not this. It's not this. It's not this. So what I'm negating from the reality has some remote contact to the point that it allows me to appreciate the reality, if only by saying what it's not. Right. Yutayfus. So when we say the word nitfas, like in Tanya it says nitfas in a lot of places, it doesn't mean the physical grasp. It means a completely different type of tfisa. The word tfisa could mean different things. Just like depth could mean different things. What is depth? See, a svara muka 
And then you could say a deep hole, <laughs> right? They say the only, uh, the only, the only thing in life that you start off on top is when you're digging a hole. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so that's one type of depth, and then there's, uh, and then there's another type of depth, and the two. So if you're going to start being shaylo that the seichel is so deep that it, you'll say, you'll say, this person is such a gadol, this person is so great, right? And you, <coughs> and you'll negate it by something that's completely shaloi badach. You have to negate it by something that's badach, and then you say, "Ah, from the shlil, I could know something." I heard a tape, somebody was speaking about the Vilna Gaon, the history of the Vilna Gaon. So he was saying that his Talmudim said that he slept two and a half hours or three hours a night and not more than a half an hour each time. He didn't sleep three hours straight or two and a half hours straight. Each time a half an hour, he woke up and then he went back a half an hour. Okay, so he was trying to bring out the godless of a person. Right? Imagine he would say the person is so great. Yeah. He doesn't sleep... 12, he doesn't sleep 10 hours a night. <laughs> okay. Most of you also don't sleep 10 hours a night. You're not Bachram anymore. <laughs> Even Friday night, you probably can't, uh, can't sleep. You want to bring out something yeah, that other people, no, no one could survive on two and a half hours a night. But this person, yeah, you bring out that it's a, it's, a, it's a different category. But from the Shlila, you get to see something. You may not be able to grasp the person. Right? But you see things. If you shoil it from something that's completely not bad, the shlila doesn't tell you anything about it. So therefore, Yediyah Sashlila is not Bahasaga, but it's Geder Hasaga. <coughs> not Hasaga, but Geder Hasaga. Alpich said this. Yediyah Sashlila relates to Mamala Kalam. Yediyah Sashlila relates to Sayyid of Kalam. Memalek Halalman is what we also call Koyach HaPoyel B'Nifl. So we explained it. It's the way godly energy is embedded in the individual identity of every single existence and is expressed through its unique and individual characteristics, which is what Memale means. It fills the world. What does fill mean? Again, fill doesn't mean that the cup is filled with water and not empty. Filled means it's custom-made and tailor-made to the content of every nivra. Or in the Lashon of Tanya, that the Dvar Hashem is different for every nivra because the energy that it takes to create water and, 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 and sustain water is not the energy that it takes to right, create and sustain fire or trees, or animals, or humans. And in, each, and in each category itself, every nivra, every type of tree. And in the tree itself, every aspect of the tree. Coming from Tubishvat. So what's Mamale? Mamale is the essence of every nivra. Mamale means essentially the way 
you discover God through discovering yourself, your true self, your ultimate self, your ultimate core. The koyach ha'poyel benifel, the creative divine power that sustains, creates, relates, and fuels. It's the engine of every nivra, and not just the engine that gives it life, the, energy, the engine that gives it its personality. Its personality. And everything has its personality, and it's different. That's why Mamali is alikim, it's ischalkos, it's, 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 it's divided according to every nivra. It's very individualistic. It's the way God is the source of creation. The engine of creation, the battery of creation, the heartbeat behind existence and of every single existence. That's Mamalikalam. It's in the blade of grass and in the heartbeat of the body and in the flake of snow and in the droplet of rain and in the speck of dust. See Mamalikalam. You have to have eyes when you say Mamalikalam, it doesn't mean we can define what it is. There's no way to define Mamalikalam. Yediyas Achiev is relative to Yediyas Ashlila. It doesn't mean, you should just realize that. that it doesn't mean Yediyas Achiev, it's like Chiev, you define a table. And the truth is, even that to define a table is today not so partial. Reb Chaim is not here to explain to us, but uh, even defining a table, uh, a serious scientist, a physicist, will never say we could define a table. All you could define is maybe, maybe what it's not. So I'm saying it's very hard to speak about anything because everything, but relative, it's all, we're talking relatively speaking. There's a lot about a table that we could define. I can't define everything about a table, but a lot of it I, couldn't def- I could define. Like, I'm talking to you. I can't define everything about you. You can't define everything about yourself. You want me to be able to define you. But there's a lot of things about you that I could define, right? The color of your eyes, for example. Can we define that or else not? In the broader sense, obviously, the, 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 the what do you call it, past ideas of Shlula, that we, we can't even define the image there in a way of Shlula, is much further than by saying the Seichels can't touch a ground. Oh, oh now, 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 now you're getting controversial. It's much further than ideas of Shlula. We'll soon see, it's much, and therefore it's much closer. <laughs> you're right, and you're wrong. You're right, it's much further, and therefore it's much closer. We'll see in a few moments. We're going to get to the third in a moment. We're talking the first two. Memale is generally Yediyas Achiev. Or in another Lashon Echsidus, it's Kalim. What's Kalim? Kalim is the way Hashem's undefined energy becomes structured. It assumes a personality. Kivayachal. It's called Atzilus, it's called Adam Elyon, it's called Kalim, it's called Tzvirus. You've heard all these funny terms in your life probably, No. Huh? Not you. You were spared. <laughs> All these terms represent one thing. Kalim, Male, Svidis, Atsilas, Adam Ha'elyan, Tzir. It's the way the Ein Saif yeah, articulates itself or what Chiddus calls Malubish. What is Malubish? Malubish doesn't mean that we say enclothed. <laughs> So every child understands that God puts on clothes, huh? He puts on a suit, and that malubers doesn't mean enclosed. Well, it does mean enclosed, but it's not. It's not the real translation. Enclosed, because we, we we take everything in gashmis. When I say you're malubers in something, it means you're wearing a blue shirt, so you're malubers in a blue shirt. You're wearing a blue jacket, a black jacket, so you're malubers in a black jacket. In other words, there's one thing. There's another thing, right? 
and one thing is malubash in the other thing. <laughs> when you say in Ruchnius, malubash, and it doesn't mean there's one thing and there's another thing, and the one thing is malubash in this thing. In Ruchnius, halbasha means something else. Halbasha means that it's the way the Indian, huh? It's the way the Indian assumes a certain identity so that we relate to it via this identity. We experience it. The Ein Saif allows itself to be experienced in a form of chesed or gvura teferus and okay. That's Mamalak And this is the source of the diversity of creation and the personality of creation. And that's Pshat Seder Hishtalshalas. There's no Nekudah in existence that can't be traced back to its source. We are in Atsilas. What does it mean in Atsilas? In, so to speak, the divine personality. So you'll say, you'll say, I'll say for example, in Kabbalah, I'll say that shelek, snow, is kesa. And water is chesed. And fire is gura, vura. And an apple is malchus. What's the connection? An apple is malchus, and fire is gura, and shelek is kesa. The pshat is, that's why it's a, it's a big bracha when it snows. Don't, uh, it's kesa, it's very deep stuff. You could even see outside that it's a different world when it snows. I'm happy. Huh? I'm happy. Okay, you work in the house. It's fine. Huh? It's very deep, 18 inches. Could you reach it? Kesser. You mean Kesser is 18 inches? Or the snow is 18 inches? Ah, okay. So, what's Pshat? The Pshat is that the apple or the fire, it doesn't begin as a physical apple. It begins in a higher plane and then it evolves and it it assumes identities until it reaches this world that has a physical identity. Then you have Saiv of Kalam. Saiv of Kalam, and this relates to Yediyas Hashlila. Saiv by definition, means Saiv surrounds the worlds. But again, surrounds is a very inaccurate translation because when we say you surround, it's like Hakafas, right? You go around the Bima. You surround the Bima. Or you surround the Chas. You make a chup around the Chasin and the Kali. You make a Hakafa. Surround. Saiviv. Saviv, right? You make a fence, a wall. That's not what Saiviv Kalalman means. Saiviv Kalalman doesn't mean there's Hashem the way he fills the world, the way Hashem dances Hakafas around the world. It's not Saiviv Kalalman. So, yeah, it will be translated in circles the world, encompasses the world, uh, transcends the world. Saiviv Kalalman means something else. Saiviv Kalalman is as, as in the world as Mamalai. It's not less in the world, it's not more out of the world, etc. Saiv of Kalalman means the way the Ein Saif is expressed in its own infinite fashion without being malubish, meaning without compressing and assuming the identity of the characteristics that allow the human existence and the human mind to grasp it. It's infinity, it's bleak so therefore, it may be completely in the world, but we don't have the tools to be able to grasp it and define it because it's beyond the qualities which define our existence. It's beyond description, and it's beyond definition. So therefore, we call it Soiv of Kalam. Here, it's the concept of what? Of Yediyas Hashlila. This is what's also called Oiris, not Kalim, but Oiris. Kalim relates more to Yediyas Hachi of Mamale. Oiris, this relates generally to the concept of Seif. And that's how he explained Al-Tareb reconciled. 
the sh- two shittas between the Rambam, the Rambam and the Maharal. You remember, the Maharal says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hashem should not be defined in any terms, including not Seichel. The Rambam says, Hu Amada, Hu Ayideva, Hu Ayadua. The Alter Rebbe says, both are emes. One is speaking post-symptom, one is speaking pre-symptom. Post-symptom, pre-symptom doesn't mean a certain event that happened on a certain day, and there's before that event and after that event. Post-symptom and pre-symptom are constant. It's two perpetual dynamics going on. Post-symptom means the way the Ein Soif allows itself to be experienced in Hagdaris, in definitions and descriptions, which allows some level of Yediyah Sachiyuf. You could know God, so to speak, by knowing yourself. You could find yourself in Hashem. When you know your true essence, so you're getting to know Alakos. Right? And then there's the Pchina Pritzimtzel, which is Saif of Kalaman, which is the presence of the Ein Saif, the Oir. What's Oir? Oir means light versus Kali, which is vessel, container. So the vessel limits its structures, it defines, and therefore it creates Yediyah Sachiyuf. The Oir is an expression. What does light mean? Light allows you to see that which is in the room, right? Light, the function of light is it's megala. Light reveals. If this room was pitch dark, everything would remain the same. Nothing would change. The only difference would be is I wouldn't see you. I wouldn't know your presence. You wouldn't know my presence. So what does light achieve? Light doesn't create a new reality. Light simply shows, it reveals the reality that is. What is oir of Ein Soif? It's that Hashem allowed that the Ein Soif should be expressed. It should be able to be revealed. It should be able to have an impact. It should be able to be felt. That's oir. Over here we say there's no Yediyah Sachiyuf. There's a concept called Yediyah Sashlum. So there's no stira. The Rambam is Hu Amadav Hu Ayideyav Hu Ayadua. Which relative is Yediyah Sachiyuf? Relative, because the Rambam himself says there's no Yediyah Sachiyuf. But again, relative to the Maharal. And then there's the union of the Maharal. Then there's a third. This is not Hasag, it's Begedr Hasag. There's a third union, which is beyond Memali, beyond Saiv, beyond Gedr Hasag. And this is what he calls, what Chesidus calls Atzmos. Here there's no Yediyah Sachiyav, but there's also no Yediyah Sachiyav. What he calls it here is Shlila Mukhletas. Shlila Mukhletas means I don't know you through negation. Shlila Mukhletas means absolute negation. Meaning, I can't even get to know it through negating. As soon as you, soon as you tell me it exists... You're right, you're right. Then it's together, sorry. To some you're right, you're 100%. You're right. The Rambam even says it in the second level. The Rambam says that even saying that God exists is a problem. Because when we say existence... It's already a certain description. It's a positive description. When I, if I see something walking, walking uh, against me, walking, I'm walking down, look, something is walking. It's very far. I don't know. I'm in a forest and something is walking. Right? I don't know what it is. <laughs> I, I'll pray that it's not something, <laughs> but I don't know what it is. But I do know one thing. It's a balchai. I know that it's not a tree. Right? I know that it's not a because it's walking. Do I know what it is? I don't know. Is that Yediyah Sachiyah? Of course. Is it complete Yediyah Sachiyah? For sure not. But is it something? Yeah. I can describe certain 
qualities in a very in a very affirmative and positive way. When I see what it is, I see, oh, it's another person. Now there's a great idea sachiv. Or I see it's a cat, it's a great idea sachiv. Or I see it's a peacock, it's another type of idea sachiv. right? When you say something exists, it's also a idea sachiv. It's not an it's not a detailed idea sachiv, right? I know more about you than the fact you exist, because you're ex- you exist, the cup exists. But it's something, so he says, even that's a Yediya Sachiyev. So he says, the only reason we say God exists is, what we mean to say is that he doesn't not exist. <laughs> does it, what does it mean he exists? When we define existence, it's already a definition. By us, existence is yes. It's yes. Even not Gashmi, Ruchni also. An emotion exists. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit Gashmi. It's Not necessarily. A logic, a svada exists. An emotion exists. It may not be tangible. It may not be tangible. Completely not. You can't grasp it with your five senses. Huh? A theory. I think what it means, what it means it just is, is that it, the logic exists now in the world of... of uh, yeah, the logic. A person develops a theory about something. There's absolutely no tangible twist of it. You can't see the theory. You can't hear it. I mean, you can hear somebody saying it. You can't smell it and you can't touch it. But nonetheless, it exists, and that's even more. In many ways, it exists, more, it exists with a strength more than other things because it can't be destroyed, and its impact on civilization may be far deeper than the impact of this cup. You understand what I'm saying? For a Chacham Gadol, right, the value of an MS theory is far more than the value of a physical reality. So it's existence depends depends uh, what you define existence. Mitzias. Okay, but that's a separate sugya. Rashi. Rashi in Yisra. To understand. Yeah, that's that's the idea. That that's what the Ramam is saying. That it's all the sabbatisayizin, and it's really just shlila. So even existence is already a form of idiyasachir. Don't we say that the Eved is the true Yeshamiti? And we feel, uh, we feel our independence because we share that in common with That's, you got a yeah. Yeah, so maybe that's the feeling of the true existence of the Yerushalayim. No? Okay. That's the Nekudin, you that the Hergish of the Yesh, Mitzyusim, Yatzmusay, is rooted ultimately because the true Atzmus is also Mitzyusim, Yatzmusay. Yeah, yeah, Yenachanami. Yenachanami. So even Yediyas Hashlila, where you're being Shailal, you're saying, he's bleakvul, he's not gvul. Yeah. You're Shailal alakus from descriptions, from definitions. So you're, you're, you're saying something about the purity, the transcendence, the infinity of alakus. So that's Yediyas Hashlila. And that's generally what Oyd is. Oyd and Kaili have some type of relationship. That's why the Kaili limits the Oyd. It has a relationship. Elamai, Oyd is beyond the Kaili. That's like Yediya Sachiyov and Yediya Sashlil. But then there is something called Shlila Mukhlatas. What's Shlila Mukhlatas? In Kaili, you have Yediya Sachiyov, and Oyd, you have Yediya Sashlil, which is not Hasaga, but it's Begadir Hasaga. And then you have Atzmos beyond Oydis and Kaili, Hashem's essence the way it is. So there, there's no toyerim. You can't do toyerim chiyuvim, but also toyerim shlulim. What's toyerim shlulim? 
that he's not this. You say, he's not finite. He's not describable. He's not limited. Even he's not defined by existence. Even that, he's not defined by existence. Even that description doesn't apply there. Not Yediyah Sachiyov, and not even Yediyah Sashlula. So what, what, yeah? <laughs> so, so, what, so what are you left with? So you're left with nothing, or you're left with everything? <laughs> okay, so we'll see. So that's now what he's getting. So that's what he's getting at here. So now he says, "I'll peace and move him in a gaily and the dinner by his baruch b'tachtayne." The key when shakavana bezeilatz musi his baruch shalomaylam egeder asagim. Tzrichelias avaydes adam gam came by from shalomaylam egeder asagim. She's a winyan shtuz dikdusha shimivatalos amabapechas shtuz dolamaza. Now we understand how this is negated. Did it b'tachtayne? It says the kavanas did it It means he wanted that did That in this world we should have a relationship with atzmos that's beyond not only asaga but beyond geder asaga. So what type of avoid can create a did it for atzmos? If a person remains in the realm of asaga, so he can grasp chi of Even if he transcends asaga and he goes to geder asaga, so he can perhaps become a keli for Saiviv, for Yidis Ashlila. But since the Kavan is the Savakadash Barukhuli is loyed betachtainim, so therefore the Avaida ought to go beyond even Gedrasag, and that's the true idea of Shtus Dikdusha. Shtus Dikdusha means even beyond Gedrasaga, which when a person goes beyond Gedrasaga, so now the person, the world can become, so to speak, a vessel. Because the only thing that can grasp the ultimate truth, the ultimate core, is completely beyond Geder Asaga, which is the Avait of Shtus. So this explains the Shaykhis of Dida Betachtoinim and Shtus Tektusha, why Shtus is negated Dida. But from this we understand something else. This is probably one of the key lines of the Maimah. From this we understand that it's something that you could speak about to every single person. And you could demand it. You could, you could find it in every person. Why? Most people, you start hearing this, okay, whoa, I don't know what you're talking about. Yediyah Sachiv is already above me. Because since we're not dealing anymore with comprehension... So the intellectual genius is not any closer to this truth than the simplest person. If you're talking on Indian of Havana, so it depends what type of seichel you have. It depends how mature, how developed, how sensitive, how fine-tuned your brain is for these things. So you can't compare. You have a person who, can't, who could barely relate to Chiyo. You have a person who could relate to Shlila. And each one, of course, has endless madregas. But since we're talking about a ninyan, that havana vasaga is not a keli for it, so the opposite of havana vasaga is not a stida. You understand? Since havana is not a keli, so the opposite of havana is not a stida. So therefore, this nekuda, don't think it's we're talking abstract. Fakert, 
because it's not something. Havana won't get you anywhere. So it's not like this person is more sensitive or more deep. So he could be typhus this nekuda. If you're talking about in Yonin, of Saivid with his Shlila, yeah. The more Shlila, the more you get to it. The more Shlila means, the more you have to be able to appreciate something above. When we're talking about Atzmos, so absolutely no description. Not even the most remote, high, infinite description even begins to tell you about it. Not even in a way of negating it. In other words, we're not only Shailul Chiyuv, we're even Shailul Shlila. Saying that it's not saying that it's not, 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 is as bad as saying that it is, is, is. Just like you're not going to define God as a table or a cup of tea, right? Or an MP3 player. It's going to be a little insulting probably, right? That he's the red tablecloth on the table. Yeah. But you're not going to say, defining him as completely beyond, beyond the red and beyond the tea and beyond the physical is equally denigrating. But just like you're not going to say he's a Gashmi, saying he's not a Gashmi, right? And he's a Ruchmi beyond, beyond, beyond in a way that I can't describe it is equally not true description of Atzmus. So you're not dealing with Havonus of Melod Shaykh, everybody, yeah? You need Havana to be open to not describe him like that. That's true. That's true. You need Shaykh. Ah, yeah. Just. Let's see. Let's see. He, he applies it in Avoda. He applies it in Avoda. If the Maima would stop here, yeah, but we'll see how he applies it. It's not. Is it a natural thing that our Shtusikusha has a relationship with the Yisraelis, or is it just that he wants it to be that way? No, in other words, that's the nekudah in the person where he opens himself up to that. In shtus, tikdusha, lamayla, megedir, asaga, thank you. The person opens himself up to that experience, which is, which is always real. It's a comparable in the person, a similar avodah that's similar to what it's doing, but it's, is it actually causing, it's not something you could say, ar I don't think causing it, it but the nekudah, the person allows in himself that this nekudah should be present. It's always there, but it'll, he allow he opens himself up to it. You know, sometimes a person could tell you things your whole life. You were never open to it. One day, you do some work on yourself, you hear the same words, and it touches you in a different way. Why? The words were always there, but I never heard them. Why didn't I hear them? There was too much static. That's the story of life. Everything is always here. The question is what you hear. What you're capable of perceiving. So the shtus, yeah, the shtus tektusha, and the person, which is lemaila megeder asaga, so to speak, is what opens him or her up right, to the bchin of to to taatzmos. Dalit v'yesh leimer b'derech It's possible to say the Rebbe says about this b'derech efsher, meaning maybe. Perhaps one can say that this is the deeper, more pnimi is the kepirish and the pirish of Hashem. In other words, he's saying it's pirish apnimi. Pirish apnimi means it's not the pirish aposhet; it's the pirish apnimi, the deeper pirish. 
The Baal Shem Tev says on the Pasuk, Shevisi Hashem Lenegdisam. What does the Pasuk mean literally in Tehillim? Kapitel Tazayin. How do you touch the Pasuk? Shivisi, I place Hashem Lenegdi before me. Tamit, always. I place Hashem before me always. Which is no small de- no small feat. Always I place Hashem in, my, in front of me. In my mind, I, can, I, I, I believe, I embrace, I feel Hashem is before me. Always near me. In my presence. Taich is the Baal Shem Tev Shivisi Loshen Hishtavos. The word Shivisi comes from the word Shava. Uniform. Identical, hishtavos, similar. Hashem says, when Hashem is lenegdisam, then shivisi, then everything in life is identical. There's no such a thing today. I had a great day. Yesterday I had a miserable day. Till 12 o'clock I was flying high, 12 o'clock I got an email, and that was it, that put the lid on that day. There's no such a metzius, that this was a gewaldic experience and this was a horrific experience, or this is so so encouraging and this is so depressing, that's all if there's no Hashem Lenegdi Summit. But if Hashem is Lenegdi Summit, Zakta Baal Shem Everything is Beshava. Why? Because if he realizes that Hashem Lenegdi Summit, so then every experience and every encounter and every moment and every situation, whatever it may be that the person is dealing with, if he realizes Be'emes, that Hashem Lenegdi Summit, so then it's the same Hashem. That was Lenegdi in the great moment, that is Lenegdi in this moment, and it's the same Hashem who is giving Chayas to that moment and that encounter and that experience. So, let's be Hishtavos. This is the Vart of the Balsham, which is far from a simple Vart, but the Rebbe is now going to go over deep. You know the Vart, Shivisi Loshn Hishtavos. The Baal Shem says, Kol all events that happen to a person should be Beshava. Beshava Atzlai. Why? It's all part of his intimate relationship with Hashem. Everything. And there's no place where there's no Hashem Lenegdi Summit. Because if it's Tamit, so then it's in every Mitzvah. Now, the Baal Shem is not denying, obviously, that there's things that are physically painful, right? You get your finger in a door and somebody slams the door. <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> huh? The Baal Shem Tov is not saying there's no such a thing as pain. And there's no such a thing as difficulty. Obviously. He's talking to people. He's not talking on a Shema. That's L'Chadchila in a higher world, right? And there's no... Gashmiz is not Taifa Smaka. You understand that? What the Baal Shem Tov means, B'Shavah, B'Shavah doesn't mean it's, it's the same. 
Beshava means he should appreciate in every moment that it's an opportunity for Avodah Hashem. That in every moment there's a purpose, there's, there's meaning, there's dignity. God is present there. But of course, one moment is not another moment. You can't compare. You can't compare. Al pi alocha, the hergishon tishabov to the hergishon simchastoido put it. And they say, "Vashem lenegdi summit." So the churban and the beis hamikdash, it's all the same thing, right? So dance on tishabov and cry on pesach. It doesn't work that way. It's an equal relation. Very good. It's an equal relationship to God. Okay. Good. But that's what he's saying. In every moment, it's equal in the sense. That there's an equal relationship with Hashem. Don't think, what, what, what breaks people? What breaks people is they think that right now I'm estranged, I'm distant, I'm hopeless. There's no relationship anymore. No. Now the relationship requires maybe a different type of avoid, a different type of cheshben, a different type of approach. But it's the same relationship, an equal relationship, shivisi. And because it's an equal relationship, so therefore it's equally good in that sense. It's equally good, and maybe the word is the equally meaningful, e- equally meaningful in that sense. That's what it's, what's one of the yisoidus of all of chassidus. What's the, the question mark in the tzavah? The Rebbe wrote, the Rebbe wrote the manamekaimus for this maimer. He wrote the manamekaimus for this maimer. In other words, all the sources we're, every, every Basi Lagani I mentioned, the Rebbe explains an Indian from each one of the Rebbe's. So he used to have a note the Rebbe would give out afterwards, and he basically did the Maramakaimas for every Rebbe where he took it from. So these are the Ha'aras. So the piece before is Druj Gimel Shit is Shoyesh This piece is Keser Shemtim, and then he writes Tzava question mark. There's a sefer called Savah Sarivash. The statements of Rabbi Sobal Shamtiv. That's what he's saying. Savah question mark, because he didn't put where it is. But it's actually Savah Sarivash, seven bays. It's right in the beginning. You know the Maisa, Mustama, yeah? The Maisa that describes is very stark. There were two brothers. The Bzusha of Annapoli and the Belimelech of Lezhensk. By Polish Chassidim, they call them the Rebbe of Bzusha and the Rebbe of Meilech. Emes? The Belimelech of Lezhensk is the author of Noyem Alimelech, his yard site is Chaf Aleph Oder, many go to Lezhensk, Poland. The Bzusha of Annapoli, his yard site I think is Bey Shvat. So an older brother of the Rebbe of Belimelech. And he, he wrote a haskam on the Tanya. He lived in Annepoli. He's buried near the Magad. He was a in Annepoli. He wrote Melech in Lezhenz. Melech became a big tzaddik, a big Rebbe. Zusha was more uh, modest. Not more modest, he was more quiet. They were both students of the Magad of Mizritch. Both of them. The Zusha and the Belimelech. They went for Golos, meaning the Yidin, they would go, they wouldn't sleep in one place more than a night. They would travel from city to city. It was a way of refining themselves for a year, two years. The Yidin, they would, it was called Praven Golos, Uprichten Golos. Like they would go into their own exile. 
they wouldn't stay in one place more than one night. This was a way of, this was an avoid by, you know, purifying, uh, purifying themselves. Yeah, it was a, uh, there were a lot of Yidin who did it, G'daylem, G'dayle Oilem, in Eastern Europe. Recommended still today? Check with your wife. <laughs> check with your wife, check with your shvigir, and then you'll decide. They didn't go on first class tickets, you have to understand. Not even economy class. They walked. <laughs> And they stayed in the Hector stable, and it was people did it for a year, two years, three years. It wasn't passion. You know, these things do something to you. You become a different type of person. Especially, it's hard for you know. You live in a world that's very self-conscious, and everything is you know predictable, and you see the same people, you know, usual suspects. <laughs> this was uh, this was it challenged them to their core. Anyway, once somebody famassed both of them about some crime and they were thrown into a prison, part of the gullus. It wasn't just a prison, so it was a prison without a bathroom. So what they have for a bathroom? They had an empty bucket, which was not so empty at some point. So the smell, you can imagine, was horrific. Comes in the morning, they slept the night in the cell, comes in the morning, the belly melech is crying. This is the Maisa that they say. So Abzusha says, Why are you crying? He says, You're not allowed to daven here. You can't daven in a place, can't be masked, Shem Shemayim, in a place that has such a horrible order. So he says, Why are you crying? He says, The first time he won't be davening. The first time he won't daven shach, ever. So the Abzusha says, Okay, so what's Veinstu? What do you mean? No relationship with Hashem today. He's detached. Tefillah is Meloshin. Hatoifel Klecher is Meloshin is Chabros. Right? No relationship today. How could you go into your day without first building a relationship with your own essence, with your own soul, with the essence of reality? So the Bzusha says, why is there no relationship? The same Rebbein Shalom wants you to daven every day. Says that there's a horrible odor, you shouldn't daven. So today, by not davening, you'll be fulfilling Ratzanel. When you fulfill a mitzvah of Hashem, you connect to Him. Are you allowed to discuss halacha in such a place? <laughs> <laughs> so, but you'll connect to God by not connecting, by not davening. It's also a connection. Hashem told you not to daven. You're not davening because you're not in the mood, because you're lazy. That itself is a mitzvah. <laughs> that itself is a mitzvah. The herst. So instead of crying, he starts singing. So they start dancing. The goyim in the, in the cell join them for the record for the dance. They start dancing without hadassin, but they're dancing away. All the Gentiles are joining them. It was a fun morning. The prison warden hears the dancing. He walks in and he sees dozens of people dancing away. He calls over one of the Gentiles and says, What's the dance? Doesn't know. What's the dance? Tell me right away. Points to the two Jews. They instigated the dance. They're guilty, of course. He says, Why are they dancing? I don't know. Tell me right now why they're dancing. I'll put you in solitary confinement. He points to the bucket. 
<laughs> Warden says, tell me, how does this bucket inspire joy in people? He says, beats me. But somehow, these two brothers explained that as a result of that bucket, they developed a new type of relationship with God. There was the pre-bucket relationship (laughs) and the post-bucket relationship. And that's where they dance. Ah, if that's the situation, I'll teach them a lesson. He takes the bucket and he throws it out of the room. The position turns to the Melech says, Bruder, jetzt kannst du auch nicht Brother, now you can begin to daven. What's the oimek of the Maisi? You understand what the oimek of the Maisi is? Shivisi. He was crying, there's no relationship. Hashem, when did he summit? What says there's no relationship? It's the same relationship, it's Shivisi. Equal, everything is equal. Not equal in the experience of what's happening. But equal in the meaning of it. Maybe Hashem wants to be bothered. That you can't okay. But that's good for a relationship. The Rebbe once said, I'm made the Kivart. You'd be Stamos. And the Friedrich Rebbe, you ever read the diary of the Friedrich Rebbe about his stay in prison? Moiradik. So he says, when they called him in, the investigator from the KGB says, do you know where you are? So he said, yeah. I'm in a place, like a Beisakise, and a Shtal, a Makam of Bahamas, that's Patafim Azuzah. It's Patafim Azuzah. That's what he said. So the Rebbe asked, why, is he, why was he saying, what was the Nekudah? It's a whole Arichis, it's a whole Sikha Barichis. But mezuzah. But he brought out one akuda. Mezuzah creates shmida. He wanted the shmida of mezuzah. Okay? But there's no mezuzah there. So what did he do? He said that this is a place that's putter for mezuzah. Right? In other words, <laughs> it's a type of place that's putter for mezuzah. In other words, that's a din in Hilch. This place also has a din of mezuzah. The din in Hilchis mezuzah is that this place doesn't have a mezuzah. But it's also part of Hilchis mezuzah. Then he explained it by Rechis what that means, what he wanted to accomplish. So that's what the Baal Shem Tev says, Shevisi Hashem Lenendi, someone like it says by Sada, Kulon Shavim Lutoiva. So everyone asks, what's Pshat Kulon Shavim Lutoiva? How could you say 127 years were identical in goodness? For 90 years, she didn't have a child. She was taken and kidnapped by Pare. Well, what's Pshat Kulon Shavim Lataiva? What do you mean Shavim Lataiva? Was that a joke? The Pshat is, in the Nekuda of Toiv, in goodness it was Shavim. Not that every part of her life was easy and every part was similar to another part. There were times she was on top of the world and there were times she was in complete desperation. But in the Nakuda of goodness, in her goodness, in her toiva, she was always the same good person. In the Hergish of Hashem Negdi Summit, there was always Shavim. That's no difference. And that's the Yisait of the Baal Shem Tev, That in every situation, whatever the Matzav is, it should be Hishtavos. That's Pshat of the Baal Shem Tev. 
Now comes the Rebbe and says he wants to say a Yeshleim the Pirish Apnimi in the Boshamt. Deeper in the Boshamt. What? Tzarech Lohavim Edafashte Bishleim Ebenegeilin Yonim De Tevet Agashmim Yesh Mokim Sheyihu Etzli B'Shavel Fishavayel and Hektisov. I could not first day, I can understand that when it comes to Tevin Ragashmim, physical good and bad, I could not understand that a person who truly is aware that Hashem, the negative summit, it could be considered Shava. Like the Mishnah says, it could really be Bishava. If he really gets the idea that it's been Hashemayim, and Hashem loves him unconditionally, right? completely and absolutely, and he's with him and in him in every single event. So he could say that it's B'Shav. No, we know that it's... But, but you, can have, you can have such a tfisa. You can have a tfisa. You have the B'zusha, the Maisa of the B'zusha, you know the Maisa. It's the same. It's interesting, the Kudli, you know the... Uh, there was a yid, he came to the maggot. He asked the maggot, how then Eitzah, that when you have pain, how can you celebrate? When you have challenges, how can you thank Hashem? So he sends him to the B'zusha. So he stays by the B'zusha a few days. B'zusha was an only model. He didn't have anything. He was an only model. <laughs> After a few days, the B'zusha says, what brings you here? He says, the Yerebbe sent me. He says, why did he send it? He sent me to you. He says that from you I could learn how did it deal with Yisurim? He said, I think you make no mistake. I'm not sure you heard exactly what the Rebbe told you. He says, why? He says, me? Never had a bad day in my life. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I never had a bad day in my life. He understood what the Magad meant. So that's already a deeper matter. And that, Ibechlal doesn't feel, he doesn't feel any difference. This is when you're in Gashmur. I'm saying, there's two madregas. There's a madrega of the Bishlam. He didn't feel a chilek. That's the Bishlam. Huh? That's the Bishlam. No, no, no. I'm just saying, I'm bavarani. What the Bashem is saying is even on a lower level, there's Tavir and Ragash. Remember when your person, their hair is there, Shavisya Hashem, the Negri Summit, he could say it's equal in the sense that what? You feel the bad, but you, it's equal. It's equal in the sense. That God is here, it's the same love, it's the same relationship, it's the same tikkun, it has meaning and has purpose, it's good. There's goodness in it. That you can not be typhus. They say about the Belzerov, you know the Belzerov, the Ba'aren, Ktoish Hashem. The Belzerov today, his uncle, his father's brother was Rab Aaron Rekeach, passed away in the 50s, 1957. It was a the Rebbe said on him once, Tzura B'li Tzura B'li You know what that means? <laughs> huh? Tzura B'li Chaymer. That's what they say. I said itself, man. It wasn't Barab, but that's what... He lost his mishpach in the war, a lot of his mishpach in the Holocaust. He was in the camp also. He was saved, yeah. Came to Israel. He lived in Tel Aviv. He passed away of Tavshin Yitzayin. He was blind at the end of his life. Israel Friedman told me he was a kid in Kfar Chabad. The Belzeruv came to Kfar Chabad to bake matzah. 
said he was blind. But he said he was walking. By the matzah baker, he used to do this, do this, do that. He said he was blind, but he saw like a Zuhach HaKadosh. He knew what's going on in the matzah bakery. He was telling the people what to do, what not to do, as though he, as though he could see physically, he couldn't see. So Friedman told me as a kid, he saw it. He was known, he was a, he was a Kedosh Hashem, he was a holy Jew. So, uh, he said he likes Tel Aviv, it's the only city in Israel, it's very secular, it's just no churches and no mosques. <laughs> Tel Aviv, no churches and no mosques. It's a Zionist, Israeli secular city. That's where he lived. Al Kopan, he lived through a lot. The whole Bell, what Bells was what Galicia was wiped out by the Germans. Bells, much of his family, his chassidim, most of his chassidim. He was saved. His brother was saved. It's a whole separate story, a whole parsha. So uh, when he came to Eretz he uh, he um, he was at Sebrach and Ayid. Pashat physically, you couldn't recognize him the way he was before. So at Sebrach and Ayid. So they say a Maisa that one of his chassidim in Eichesinol went to see him. When the car came in with him. And he opened the window and he saw his Rebbe. And he said, Oi, Oi. Chazit said, Oi. Hashem should compensate you for all the tsar, all the pain that you had in your life. So he looked at him and he said, Ich, Ich, Chas v'shulam. I never had any, any agony, any pain, any misery. So he's talking about people that they were in a different mode, a different zone. Then you have a pchina, there's toivin ragashmin, but the Balshamtav says shivisi. This you can understand, but here comes the kasha. A Yidus Teufus, that Gashmi is, is, not the, is not the whole reality. Gashmi is only a tip of Menaya. Fine. But when you talk about Hishtavos, equality, in all Inyanim and in all Madregis levels, we say to him, the equality, the eek sense of Ishtavos, of uniformity, should be consistent without fluctuations. How can you ask from a Nivra to stand in a state without changes? And everything in the whole existence and in the whole Seder Ishtal Shalos should be Beishtavos. We're not talking about Toivir Ragashmim. We're talking about all the oil, huh? In Ruchnis itself, that everything should be Beishtavos. <coughs> the whole Seder Ishtal Shalos, and it should be Tomit that way. Where is the basis from? Who made the demand? We have to do that. What well, the Baal Shem Tev says, the Hashem, so the Rebbe teaches, he doesn't only mean hakel. Hakel means anything that happens in your day. You know, you made a few dollars, chas v'shalom, whatever it is. But hakel means hakel, bakel, mikol v'mezog. Well, that means all madregis, the whole seder eshtal shalos, 
when Hashem lenegdizam, everything is equal. What do you mean everything is equal? Asiya yitzida briya tzilas mamale soivev lifnetzim tzomacharatzim. What do you mean everything is equal? Fakert. If Hashem lenegdizam, if you are sensitive, you know how much how how deeply unequal unequal existence is. Melmaila maila they cast lamata mata adetachas. Comes the Balshamtiv. Everything is equal and when your whole life, always. What do you mean? There's a Yetzah Toiv, there's a Yetzah there's Yem Kippur, there's a regular mitvach. Not Toiv in Nagashim, but in Ruchnius. Yem Kippur by Ne'ila. And Wednesday afternoon in the auto shop is the same thing. Oilam Atzilus and Oilam Asi is the same thing. Under Yechupa. Under your chuppah and under you and shoveling the snow is the same thing. <laughs> everything, and the whole Seder Ishtashalos, everything is shivisi. Everything is equal. Fakert, if somebody is sensitive and ruchni, you see, Ash knows how many differences there are, how many shivisi. Me you say, when you really have a relationship with God, God is everywhere and in everything. So a mele, there's good everywhere, there's meaning, there's purpose. It's an equal relationship. That I could understand. But how do you say this in Ruchnis? So the Rebbe says, Achainyan who the Pshat is. When the Nivre is obsessed to remain in Seydrishtalshalos, when you want to remain fixed in this evolutionary structure of existence the way Hashem allowed it to be perceived, then there's no Hishtavos. Of course not. Hishtavos means there's higher, there's lower, there's much lower, 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 to the lowest, to the highest, and you can't compare the two. But since the ultimate Avaid is to make in this world in Tachtein, in other words, Home for him, for the ultimate truth of everything. Atmos is beyond the gather of comprehension and beyond change. So the keli for this dira is consistent with this So when then this can accomplish that a person should be everything should be equal in all madregas and consistently in every single matziv the highest and the lowest madregas are b'shav and mamish no, Fabreng with this. What does this mean? What does this mean in life? You have to. <laughs> the word we have to already is Shadushkot. <laughs> the word we have to is already Nishta. <laughs> yeah, because it's very higher than us, <laughs> than me. <laughs> This is the source of all healing. This is the source of all healing, my friends. I'll tell you one according the way I understand it. There's probably much more, not probably for sure. But I'm saying one according. 
Because we said many times the main nekud of chassidus is internalizing it. If it's not internalized, then it's... You forgot. <laughs> First of all, you can't really understand it. And even if you could understand it, it's not the tachlis. Tachlis is to change people, not to uh, another svara and say the rishtashlis, another diuk. Certainly when you see a if like this, if you don't stop, what the Rebbe said, his first introduction was that he's going to talk to everybody because it's not a one of us. You don't have to understand what I'm saying. If you would have to understand what I'm saying, then I can't talk to anybody. But since it's not something that you have to understand, so therefore I'm talking to anybody. And then he says, this is what the Baal Shem Tev said, Shivisi. What's the Shivisi? Shivisi is not Gashmi, it's only. It's every, any Indian in the world, even in the highest, highest Madaregas is in the Kut of Shivisi. So we have here a fascinating thing. Anywhere you learn Chassidus, anything, the Seder is Tashimus. It's taken very seriously. It's not a joke, the difference between Atzillus and Briya. It's not a joke. When he would write Atzillus, what does it say in Ayyemir? He couldn't write more. The letter Yud, yeah, you go, Aleph, Tzadik, Yud. It says he couldn't write more from his Rakshas. We don't have a problem writing Atzillus. <laughs> we don't have a problem writing higher than Atzillus. We don't even have a problem writing Atzimus. <laughs> Okay, Atmos, I understand, why not? But Saiva of Mamali, we have no problems. Why? Because what's the difference? Atzillus is Atzillus, fine. It's another mathematical equation. But Al Terebe wasn't like that. Atzillus was Atzillus. He got very emotional. He couldn't instruct us. No. Why? Because they don't say Why? Because it's such a high Oh. You mean yard sites? That's enough of them. But in the regular Mincha. I know where I daven, they never say that. Where I daven by Rabbi Rattenberg, Friday there's no Tachnuk because it's Erev Shabbos. Sunday there's no Tachnuk because it's after Shabbos. That's the meaning of Zidut Shoyev Kamarna. Any yard site there's no Tachnuk. And Mincha is after Shkia, so there's for sure no Tachnuk. Because you don't see him. In Chabad, even Yud Shvat, you say Tachno. Some people. Always, all the years that I've said Tachno. Rav Layani said that he was in Yechidot by the Rebbe. Who? Rav Layani, in Gonav. Avichel Layani. For sure, Rav Layani. said he was in Yechidot by the Rebbe. And he asked the Rebbe if he should say Tachno. He's, uh, he's from Morocco. He says he's ah. in Exlema. He said, the Rebbe, that's in Exlema. They, they fight him because he doesn't want to say Tachno when he takes Exlema. And the Rebbe said that it's a pishukhana that we don't say Tachnon when you take Kislev. And then the Rebbe starts saying the dates that we don't say Tachnon. And the first that the Rebbe said is Yutrat. But the Rebbe himself said Tachnon Yutrat every year. <laughs> I know. But he once said it at Fabreng and then he asked us, Shved, the first the Friedrich Rebbe. For sure. Friedrich Rebbe asked why Chabad they say Tachnon every year, said Chavdala Tevis, everything. So he says, the, the Shved Gizok. When is a good site so When do you have such an auspicious time to ask what you have to ask by Tach? This has to do already with another Nikuda. Then in Chabad avoid is in the goof in Pnimi, so you don't just not say Tach. Okay, but that's a separate sugi. So now in your name. So you have it's all shava because <laughs> what's the difference, right? 
But there's a, a very serious Indian being addressed. And the whole chassidus is based on the Seder Shtashalus. You don't mach up Seder Shtashalus, how things evolve and this. And suddenly in this sif, and the Rebbe himself, there's Idiyas Achiyuv, Idiyas Ashlula, there's Atzimus. You don't just say it. But now he reaches an Akuda that the Vashemtev was Megala, that there's an Akuda called Shivisi. And in the next chapter, he's going to say that this was the main Indian of the Vashemtev. The next paragraph, he's going to say it's not a void from the Vashemtev. This was the Indian of the Vashemtev. So here we, ha- and the Vashemtev is the founder of Chesidus. So here we have a Pesashtikal Deher, a Hergish. That this is one of the main inyanim that Chassidus, the Baal Shem Tev, wanted to teach the world. What? Shivisi. What Shivisi? Not just Shivisi. That everything in life has meaning, purpose, goodness, godliness, and therefore you could celebrate. But Shivisi, that every matzav, even in Ruchnius, is Mama Shivisi. Why? Because takin eshtalshel is not for sure not. There's higher and there's lower. But mitzadira loyus barak b'tachtein eminatzmos. So in any single matzav, it's always the same. Now, what does this mean? No, explain. You're gonna ask questions, or you're gonna explain? We'll see. But uh, isn't it the same? It's the same. Every, almost every story that I know. Almost what? Almost every. So he's saying, he's saying all the stories of the Baal Shem Tev expressed this, like Kukuriku, there's no structure. He doesn't dive in according to the text, he screams Kukuriku and he accomplishes everything. But if you're going to come to Shul and start screaming Kukuriku, <laughs> what's going to happen? If you're in the Shul of the Baal Shem Tev, he's going to understand. Because most of us need a structure and and if we don't have a structure, we tend to fail, basically. We tend to just throw everything away. You can't maintain that. So you, in order to maintain uh, a normal life... And you need structure. You need structure. It's not the it's the connecting there to the baby's Right, in other words, if I'm screaming kukuriku, it's, not, uh, it's basically to create a scavenger. Right. To create a comedy skit, not to connect. Which is, how are you going to connect? By him, it was kukuriku. But it, it's... It would be nice to still have somebody say Kukuriko. Yeah. Every show has somebody. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, don't confuse Kukuriko with the Kiddush Club. It's not the same thing. <laughs> I grew up in Worcester. There was a kid every Shabbos used to scream Shmuel Shabbat loud. And the whole show was quiet. He used to scream Shmuel. For them, come down near Shemayim. For them, come down near Shemayim. <coughs> I want to learn one more. I want to. I want to say a vart, and then I want to learn the next shtickle, and we'll see. If it could be Masbir more. I want to say one vart. I want to bring it out. I think the way it expresses itself in one area of people's lives. 
And that's Dafke Ruchnius. Because if you're talking about Gashmius, that he already addressed. That's, so to speak, the literal meaning of the Balshamtiv. Do you know there's a niggin of Rabbi Yitzchak of Badichev? It's called a dudala. Dudala. You know the niggin? Dudala. You know the niggin? Huh? It's an incredible niggin of Rabbi It's called dudala, because it's all about do, do. The niggin starts off, Hashem, I want to sing for you a dudala. A, 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 a niggin, a melody, a lullaby. But it's more than a lullaby. It's a, it's a serious nigga. It's in Yiddish. He says, Where can I find you, Rabbi Nishalayla? Where can I find you? Where can I not find you, Rabbi Nishalayla? Mizrach do, Mairav do, Tzufin do, Dadim do, Maila Mata, above, down, east, west, south, north, do, 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 do. If it's good, it's you. If God forbid it's not, it's also you. And if it's you, it's good. You, 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 and he goes on and on. Do, 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 do. This is Hashem saying this to the. Singer. No, this is a Bleviz singing a song to God. To God. So, it's an incredible and emotional song. They have a Zalman Levenik for Chabad, was a very beautiful chazan, a good, beautiful voice. He sings it on the iPods or the CDs beautifully. It's a very special song. It's like Namash the Baditchev, you could. You could feel the soul in the song. It's real, it's, it's passionate, it's authentic. It's What the Batichiva was saying in Anigin is very much what the Balshamtiv was saying in the word Shivisi. But let's, let's define it in terms of our own life's journeys and experiences. Okay? A person talks about the fact, yeah, he has struggles. You have people who have addictions. Every one of us has tithes. Every person has different struggles. I'm talking now about spiritual struggles. Financial struggles, that's another form of struggle. We know that too. That's, that's, that's easier to talk about. But I'm talking about now spiritual, psychological, emotional struggles that every normal person has. It may be very serious, it may be mental, it may be deep, it may be debilitating, and it may, de- may be paralyzing. It may be that the person also made serious mistakes in his life. Maybe people made serious mistakes relative to him, or harmed him, and he made also similar mistakes. Whether it's B'shoigig or B'meizid, is not even a gay at the moment. But I'm talking about the fact that a per- every person lives with a lot of stuff. And I want to now ask you a question. Okay? Very honest question. If somebody was to go over to each and every one of you and ask you one question, tell me, is there anything that you're really embarrassed about in your life? Something that causes you shame? 
I don't mean shamefully either today. The last 20, 30, 40, 50, whatever amount of years. How old are you, 50? <coughs> Is there something that causes you shame? Busha. Really? Deep down. Something that you're, what do I mean shame? Shame means even if nobody knows, but you know. <laughs> and can you identify it? Can you talk about it? Can you address it? You don't have to all answer my question at the same time. You could think about it. You probably you probably don't have to think about this question. Fifty first ten years of my life were perfect. Cool shavam And doesn't mean that necessarily even you knew what you were doing, right? But even if you know, you don't want to talk about it. I understand. I understand. Why should we? Why should we? Yeah. Because you're helping us therapeutically. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's all up. If you don't talk about things, how do you heal them? How do you get rid of them? I Yeah, 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 yeah. And what? How do you know if they're real? So that goofy you talk about. What Chassidus does is Chassidus gives you a perspective how to talk about it, what to do with it. So this doesn't eliminate the need for a person to address what's going on in their life. Right, you have to address it, but you don't have to talk you about You don't have to talk about it at this moment with these people or with <laughs> me, but we have to talk. You learn Rambam one Pedic or three Prakim. Yeah. So you're learning now about Vidui, yeah. right? You see how the Rambam doesn't stop? Yeah. You have Crazy. to speak. You have to speak, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you have to speak to God, sometimes you have to speak to your friend. He doesn't stop. To speak, speak, speak. Not even machshava, dibur. So every person has this in their own way. One person has more, one person has less. And then there's things that make people heavy and, and burden them. Again, I'm talking about emotionally. Some people walk around with a washing machine on their shoulders, they don't even know it. But there's a load, there's a heavy load on their shoulders. They walk, they may be young, but it's like a building that they're carrying all the time. They're caved in, if not physically, psychologically. They're not free. And if they're not free, they're not fully besimcha. Okay? And some people live in that cycle their whole life. They come home, they already know what their wife is going to tell them, and they already know what they're answering. Before they're already in the car, it's prepared. And it's just like a predictable, self-fulfilling prophecy. And it just goes on the same way. And we often live in these routines, doesn't stop. This seif, this chapter, this this ice, this paragraph, is not saying of art in Haskala. He's not saying of art in Seichel. He just said it doesn't even work in Seichel. He's saying of art that if you don't work on it, you can't understand what he's saying. That's what the this the chiddush here. If you're going to try to understand it, you're not going to get it because you're not dealing with a level of asag. So the only way to understand it is to somehow internalize it, experience it. So what's the Nekudah that the Rebbe is really making? The Rebbe is really making this Nekudah. Okay. In Chesidus we talk about Memale, we talk about Tsevev, and then we talk about Kula Kamei Kalei Chashev. Memale is the way yeah, God, so to speak, suits your character. Saga. Soiviv is the way you mavatal yourself. You have to mavatal yourself. You have to go beyond yourself. 
but it's still Gedera Sog. Atmos, yeah, you can't even be Shiloh. So you mavatli yourself or not mavatli yourself. <laughs> On one hand, you have to go beyond Gedera Sog, because if you're in Gedera Sog, you can't be Teufus, that's you have to go complete Bittl. Right. On the other hand, he says, there's nothing to be Shiloh. And therefore, it's Shaykh to everybody. Because since it's not a ninja that you could be typhus and you have to be typhus by one of our saga. So shaykh, what does it mean shaykh to everybody? It means any person in any situation, any given reality, this is shaykh to him. So what does this mean in a person's life? What's the ramification of this in a person's life? The ramifications, one of the ramifications in a person's life is this. When you say that in Atmos, yeah, there's no Yediyah Sachiyah and there's no Yediyah Sashlila. Okay. And therefore, there's Shivisi. What's Pshat Shivisi? All the Madregis are equal. Why are they all equal? How can they all be equal, he says? Pshat nothing is equal. Pshat Atmos, everything is equal. And because everything is equal, so therefore when a person becomes a did, it becomes Bishtavos. There's an expression in Chesidus, you all know the expression. Kula kamei kaloi chashev mamash. You heard the expression? In Tanya it already says, Mamala kalalman, soyev kalalman, kula kamei kaloi chashev mamash. What does that mean? Mamala, he fills the worlds. Soyev, he's beyond the worlds. Kula kamei kaloi chashev mamash. Everything in his presence is like it doesn't have a chashevos. So where does that leave the person? Everything in his presence doesn't have a chashivos, doesn't have an existence. Not even, you don't even call him Saiv of Kalalman. He's not begeder Alman Kalal, that's the Lashon Lakudatari. He's completely not even in the Gedder of Alman to say that he's higher than Oilam. Yidiyah Sashlila. So where does that leave? Leave the person. So there's an expression in Lakudatari Parshas Masa. The Alter Rebbe writes, there, in the Maimah, the first Maimah of Masay in Lakuta Torah, Kula Kameka Loi Chashev, says, that doesn't mean that since Kula Kameka Loi Chashev, so he's he's completely beyond us, and there's no way to relate, because everything has no Chashivas, so you for sure don't have any Chashivas, so there's no way to relate. It means exact opposite. Since Kula Kameka Loi Chashev, Mamish, so it means that there's never a Hefsek, there's never a chatzitza. There's never a partition between him and you because nothing that you think could be a chatzitza has any chashivos and because nothing that you think has a chatzitza any chashivos so therefore there's never, there's no hefzik. There's absolutely no separation between you and him. All our burdens, all our shame, all of our sins, all of our feelings of inadequacy, 
of instincts, of struggles, of addictions, of cravings, of inclinations, of problems. What is it all coming from? It's all coming from because we take our evil seriously. We take our darkness seriously. We really believe that we're lowlifes, let's face it. Don't you believe that? We really believe that we're low. We believe, and if you don't, you should. <laughs> we believe that we're despicable. We all believe in some area we're despicable. There's something really bad. And therefore, it sits on us. Especially somebody who has proven how bad he is through his terrible mistakes. So he's proven it. So he even has proof that he's a terrible guy. And, 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 when, listen, when you go home and somebody criticizes you, it confirms to you that you're negative. And because it confirms to you that you're negative on some level, therefore it has a twist of and you get very upset at that person. All of our negative experiences and burdens are coming from the hergish that there's real ra in us. And whenever it's brought out in one way or another, it makes us feel down. Especially when it flares up in us. This is what the Maimer is addressing. The Maimer is addressing that the truth is that there's another truth going on. And it's such a powerful truth. Frankly, it's such a powerful truth. If you'll get this, you'll probably be too frightened to even really get it. I want you to understand what I'm saying. It's so powerful that we will resist understanding what this language says. Because it's too powerful. And we don't like too powerful things. You know what I say? Leave me alone. Let me just survive. What is he really saying here? Listen to his words. He's saying that the Vashemtev taught that there's no Madregas. There's no Madregas. <laughs> really? There's no Madregas. Even Ruchnes. Really? It's a or nothing. There's no madrig. Yeah, if there's no Hashem Lenegdi Summit, then yeah, you got everything. If you're stuck in a Stalshalos, oh yeah, then you got everything. But in the real place, in Hashem Lenegdi Summit, go, if you go into the Atzma zone, so what, what, what is there left? What's left is this. Mitzad the Nekud of Atzmos, yeah, Mitzad the Nekud of Atzmos, He's not defined by anything that goes on in this world. On any level. Although it all goes on, it all comes from him. But nothing captures him. Nothing captures him. His essence, you know what it's like? It's like a drop in the Atlantic Ocean. It doesn't capture him. And therefore it doesn't create a chatzitza. It can't create something serious that really creates a partition. So in that space, everything is completely one with Atzimus all the time. Because there's nothing that has an ability to occupy space and create a real hefzik between Atzimus and Saif and any situation. Mitzad, Memali, and Saif, there's some level of tzitzah. And therefore there's some credence to anything that goes on in existence. And therefore you become defined by that. But Mitzad, Atzimus, 
where there's no Yediyas Achiv and there's no Yediyas Hashlila. So when you say there's no Yediyas Hashlila, it means it's in every Metzias, like Rabbi Baditshiba said, where am I going to find you? Where am I, where am I not going to find you? Where am I not going to find you? Where am I going to find you? Where is Atzmos? This is Atzmos. This? But we're not. Why not this? Why not this? There's no Metzias, Right? That you negate it from, just like there's no Matsyas that you define it. So Bamela, what that means is that in any given situation in a person's life, if he goes into that place, he is completely one with the essence of God that absolutely is free of any sin or any burden or any mistake or any abuse or any pain or any frustration or any animosity or any jealousy. So therefore, even in Ruchnius, all the Madrekis that we speak about is only when you're out of that space. But when you're in a place of Hashem Lenegri Summit, there's really Shivisi, what does it mean, Shivisi? There's absolute bliss. There's absolute Tainuk. There's absolute simcha. There's absolute freedom. There's absolute menuchas nefesh. There's absolute life in that place. Why is there absolute life in that place? Because Hashem lenegdi summit, and nothing in your experience can occupy that much space that it really obstructs that reality. There's nothing I did or didn't do that really obstructs it and says, no, no, I'm not, I'm not part of this equation. So if you're in that place, what that means is that you, who we created and created with a purpose, is a chalik of that. And if you're a part of that, so then like it says in Tanya, the Nisham is a chalik mal, and here he's talking about the whole, the whole existence. So Mela, what's really, if you can tune into that emotionally, what does that mean? That means you're carrying nothing. You're carrying nothing. So okay. there, nothing you can let... <laughs> There's nothing to do. It's, it's, it's real, Bittl. What it means, you can let go of everything. There's no... You're not living based on scripts and predictions and psychological cheshbonas that you make to yourself and you're stuck in those circles. Because that's all... That's all a fixed zone that you created in yourself as a result of certain realities. But in the place of Hashem Lenegzi Summit, Shivisi even Legabe Hai Madrege Yeah. So, I mean, there's nothing to do. This idea, they bring it out, I think, if I'm correct, in Moida Ani, Rachsiz brings it out, basically there's nothing that can construct even though it's still even though regardless of how much sin you get. So, what's the Torah for? What's the. What's the it's for the losers? That can't connect to this level? So, so what do you need Torah for? Beautiful question. <clears throat> so there's two ways of looking at Torah. One way of looking at Torah is we're people. And we're, we're, we're pretty lousy people. You know, we're physical, we're, we're sinful. But through Torah and mitzvahs, we can redeem ourselves. We could do the good things and connect to God and get Elam Haba and purify ourselves and, and become refined and reach Lamos. That's one way of looking at Teir Mitzvahs. There's another way of looking at Teir Mitzvahs. And that's what the Baal Shem Tev taught. And that is, 
Hashem's relationship with you is absolute, it's unconditional, it's as tight as it can be, and it's never going to change. And in that zone of the relationship, you're as good as it gets, just like he's as good as it gets. And there's no chatzitza, there's nothing that can really create a partition between you and him, because nothing occupies space to be able to say that now I'm in a low place, and maybe in a year I'll be in a high place. Then I'm stuck in a shtashlis. Torah and mitzvahs is Hashem's gift to the Jewish people to say here, I'm going to give you something that's mine to give you the opportunity that you can always remain in this zone of the relationship. You can always experience, you can always be there. You can always, as they say, breathe into this consciousness, right? You can always remain in this intimacy. That's what Torah Mitzvah is. Now, what does this mean? This doesn't mean that a person never makes mistakes. It doesn't mean a person can go out of the zone and makes terrible mistakes. But you know what it means? It means that the greatest mistake of the person is that he thinks he's a mistake and he thinks that he really made the mistake. He didn't make the mistake. His chitzenius, which didn't realize how good he is and how dovuk he is with atzmos, made the mistake based on trying to protect itself from a reality that he thought he has to protect himself because he doesn't realize who he really is. This is what I'm saying. Nefeshabamit is not part of you. He's a stranger that does the... Yeah. Make you so do it's not a thing. feeling, it's not a thought, because those are things that you do better. No, so it expresses itself in a certain feeling. So it's not an Indian of comprehension. In other words, I'm typhus and Indian. It's wherever a person is, in any matzav they are. In any matzav they are. But the only thing you need from a person is they have to be able to hear this. Which clearly the nefesh uh, um, is a receptacle to this. Th- this is real bittle. This is what real bittul means. What does real bittul mean? What do you think bittul means? <laughs> How do you touch bittul? What do you learn? What's bittul? Bittul? Better on the brain. <laughs> no, but it's in, I mean, the Tanya still speaks about different levels of people. So, so but isn't it the basically tzaddikim are the ones that can always reveal this level? That basically, we are. Of course. He's not saying every person is constantly in that pchina. So it's more, Tzadikim are not just, yes, they're the ones that never make mistakes, but it's more than that. It's the people that, they are the people, not that they don't make mistakes. That's just how we see it. See it. But it's the people that can always, that tune are always in. connected to this You can always tune into this place. It's related to us. Huh? Like I said, that we can do it. Because it's not to get that Why? Because, because, because that's what Atzmos is. Atzmos is not because I'm such a holy man and therefore I'm Shaykh to Madreigis. No, he says that doesn't bring you closer. You've got to be holy. If you're not holy, you're not going to get any of it. When it comes to Atzmos, yeah, of course it's not against, it's, it's not that if you're not holy, it doesn't make a difference. What it means is, in any matzav that a person is, atzmos is right there. And there, in its full intensity, 
in its full expression, in its full revelation. Why? Because you don't say in Atmos, oh, this is too low for it. It's an Indian of Ruchni, it's an Indian beyond Ruchni, it's an Indian of Bleakvul, it's an Indian beyond Bleakvul. That too, that too. <laughs> He's not saying it's not, not Bleakvul, but just like there's no Chiyah, there's also no Shlila. So Mel in every Matzah, in every Madrege, what, what, what does it mean there's no Shlila? There's no Shlila means, so right now where I am, 10 o'clock at night, Thursday night, whatever is going on in my life, Right then and there in this place and in this time in this prima, a person can open himself up to the fact that there's a complete oneness right now with Atzmos and Saif Baruch with the essence of all life and all goodness. And the person is completely part of that and therefore everything is Beishtavos. What does it mean everything is Beishtavos? All the prinas, all the madregas in that place are all submerged in an absolute oneness of Atmos. And Bemela, where does that express itself in a person's life? It expresses itself in a person's life that there's never a situation where he really is detached. And this can be Tamid, and it can be in all the Pchines and Madregis, when a person recognizes this Nikod, and this is the Pidosh Apnimi of what the Basham Tev is saying, Shevisik. Not just in Yonam of Gashmin, but even in spirituality, that the highest and the lowest could be identical. How? How do you, how do you get there? How do you That's what real bittel means. What does real bittel mean? What does real bittel mean? Let me explain to you what bittel is. <laughs> you touch bittel. You touch bittel. You see, everybody can reach to that to that madrega of bittel. It's not. It's not, it's not a madrega. It's not a madrega. Because it's not. Because it's. We're not talking about madregas. If we're talking about madregas, then you're right. We're not talking about madregas. We're talking about reality. There is no madregas there. Right, reality. So how do you get to that bittel? You don't have to get there. You have to get out of there. The problem is you got out of there. That's the point. You, you don't have to get there. You're there. The problem is we got out of there. You just have to be there. You understand? You don't have to get there. That's his whole point. We just ran away. We run away from it. So the question is, how do we get back? You don't have to get back. You're there. That's what Shavis Yashamun Agdi Summit means. You're there. The question is, how do we that's stay why, there? They, how do we not run away from there? If I go back to the, huh? back to the beginning of the Mayma, is, is why the, the Nevim, they have to be, to, be, to be naked. They have no Levushim, there is no Madrega over there. Yeah. It's only craziness, that's it. You have to be a little bit crazy. But I wouldn't call this craziness, I would call this normal. Yeah, yeah but this is, a, they call it Meshuga. How is the awareness? The Navi called We have been conditioned not to believe this at all. Yeah, and and the Navi called it Not in ourselves, and certainly not in our spouses, and certainly not in our children, and certainly not in our friends. But our makeup is also like that. Our makeup of ten kodesh and nefesh itself. I know. Is is against going beyond that. Depends how you look at the ten kodesh and nefesh. Mitzad, At- Atzimus has no problem with ten kachis and nefesh. <laughs> Atzimus has no problem. Atzimus doesn't mean there's no world. Everything is reality. Of course everything is reality. Huh? It's like Shavit, yeah, it's, it's, but it's all Shava. 
why is this veinika atzmus than anything else? Atzmus doesn't say there's no world. You understand? Memala is a lakusis mitzumtsum in the world. So you're nitvus in it. Saiviv is, is beyond. So you have to be shailam. Atmos is not a stir. Give me koichis and nefesh. All the chilukim, all the pratim are there. But it's shivisi. It's at the nekuda of atmos. It's all shivisi. It's all atmos. The lowest and the highest. And it's not the lowest and the highest anymore. So in any situation a person is, in any madrege, in any pchina, if he gets out of the condition of ishtalshalos and goes in to the emes of atzmos, which is always emes, so then it's shivisi. Okay. Torah and mitzvahs is Hashem's opportunity. Hashem gives us a gift to say through Torah and mitzvahs this relationship remains tamid. It remains perpetual. I'm giving you an ability that you should be able to feel my love to you 24 hours a day. That's what Torah and mitzvahs are. Torah and mitzvahs are not here to redeem the person who's so guilty and so evil so we have to give you a schos so you should be able to go into Ganeid and not into Gehen. That's not in the Kut of Teir HaMitzvah. Huh? It says in Tana de Leo that Yisrael come before Teir. Yisrael come before Teir. Teir is for Jews. Jews are not for Teir. So Chassidus explains what's Pshat. Because the question between Hashem and the Jew is essential. It's absolute. It's like a mother and a child, like a father and a child. It's unconditional. And nothing you do could make, nothing your child does will make you stop loving your child. It's not like you tell your wife, you know, this kid is a troublemaker. If he doesn't shape up in six months, we give him up for adoption. You may want to say that sometimes, but a normal parent doesn't say that. Why not? Even then, he would still be a child. Uh, right. But you don't even have that machshava. Why not? Because your relationship is not based that he behaves and he gives nachas and he does well in school and he does his homework and if not... He takes a golf ball and he throws it through your window, so what? Doesn't ch- you may be upset, you may be pained, you may be frustrated, you may be taken to 99,000 therapists. That's the minute of good Jews. But doesn't take away, I'm talking about functional parents, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about functional parents. Because the relationship is not based on his behavior. <laughs> relationship is an essential one, it never ends, it never stops. Nothing, it's tummit, nothing can change it. Why? It's one etzah. The and the nachas is not what makes you love your child. If you're loving your child because he gives you nachas, then there's a whole other issue going on <laughs> that needs to be addressed. Chas v'shalom. The love is unconditional and absolute. And that's the, that's the story of Hashem and the Jew. Elamai. So what does he give Torah and Mitzvah? Torah and Mitzvah is not in order that he should have a reason to like you. Torah and Mitzvah is an expression of that love. From you to Hashem. He's giving you the opportunity to be in that space with his absolute, absolute connection, absolute relationship. But therefore, no mistake a person does. Is that why we send our kids to school? That's why we send them to learn by Rabbi Sobel. He should teach that to them. If that's why, what what do you mean? Where do you see that with our kids? Where do you see it with our kids? Where do you see the doing things as to bring out the Etzim connection? 
Oh. I think that's, that's what real chinuch is. What's real chinuch? Real chinuch is not, I need you to daven, I need you to learn to justify your existence, which really by many parents is not even to justify your existence, it's to justify my existence. Because I'm a failure, and if you'll grow up to be a good boy or a good girl, then I'll finally feel like a success story. That means you have to behave because I have issues with my identity. So it's not even, it's not even that you should become a success, it's that I should be a success. So I'm not even busy educating you. I'm busy trying to build my psychological profile. And the only way I can do it is if my kids behave well. I was once in Etzisrael for a thing on Chinuch. So there was a Yid there, I remember his name is Mardechai Rottenstein. He's a graphologist, a psychiatrist, graphologist. So he said, Amaisa, that there was a kid, very bright, and he failed every, he made sure to fail every test. So he spoke to him once. So the child told me, he was like, uh, I guess about mitzvah age. That child tells him, he says, I'll make sure never to succeed. He says, why, why? So this is what the boy says, because my father, he needs a perfect house. He needs a perfect computer. He needs a perfect car. And he needs a perfect child. And I'm not going to be one of his perfect props. Do you understand? He's a very smart kid. <laughs> he was failing Badafka so that he shouldn't become the perfect thing that his father needs in order to feel good about himself. You tell this to parents, not to kids, I hope. I'm, a, I'm speaking to kids, I'm speaking to kids now? <laughs> I, I thought I was speaking to parents here. Every parent is a kid, and the more you can acknowledge that, the better parent you'll be. The more you can acknowledge that you're really a kid who needs the same things like your kid, the better parent you'll be, in my opinion. But so, 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 so this kid, what was his nakuda? This was his nakuda. In other words, my success is about a different issue. I don't want. I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not going to be feeding him that. It's too painful. It's, it was painful for the kid, because the kid felt completely invalidated. Inexistent. He's not existing. His father exists. So if that's what chinuch is. It's not even chinuch of the child. We call it chinuch. It's not chinuch. It's not even discipline. It's it's my own my own stuff. Your child wasn't created to make you feel good about yourself. It doesn't say anywhere. It's an Esav had a son whose name was Nachas. You know that? You could look it up. So you could be Esau and still have Nachas, but you stay Esau. That's why we say Chsiddish Nachas. What's the difference? Yiddish Nachas. Esau Chosid Hamischasid and Koinai. Chosid is not about me. Chinuch is not about me, it's about the child. The moment it becomes about me, I'm not a Mechanach anymore. My child was once in a class in another place, and the teacher was taking everything personal. I told them, I said, the moment you start taking things personal, insults, then it's very hard to teach. Imagine a kid tells me, I didn't do homework last night. I take it personal. Yeah. Guy tells me, I didn't come to your shear last night. Someone else says, where were you? So he makes up a story. Yeah, his Baba died. So you don't have to lie. You could just say you didn't want to come. Person has to make up. 
If a person, you take it personal. It's about me. You didn't do homework, it's about me. You don't behave, it's about me. So I can't even be mechanach here because I can't be thinking about you, I'm thinking about me. So the first you say is that you have to tune in to what the child needs. That's number one. Number two, what does the child need? The child doesn't need what you think he needs in the sense yeah, that you want to make this child worthwhile. So therefore you have to stuff him up with things to make him a good person. That's not true. The relationship between your child and Hashem, like your own, is unconditional. It's absolute. It's wonderful. It's marvelous. As a parent, you want to help your child learn how powerful that relationship is, that he can always access it, and that Hashem gave him an opportunity to be able to live with that relationship in his daily life. That's what it is. The moment it becomes about confrontation, fighting, we'll see who's boss, you're going to learn who's the boss in this house. Uh, you're going to make sure, I'm going to make sure you grow up the way I need you to grow up. Then I'm already, I'm not even talking to the person. Then I'm in one world, my kid is in another world, he's locked up, I'm locked up. It's not, the side of Chinuch is simch, the simcha in the house. There's a relaxed conversation that goes, what's Chinuch? Chinuch is, I define it as an ongoing conversation between parents and children about celebrating life to the fullest. That's what chinuch is. An ongoing conversation between parents and children in a home about celebrating life to the fullest. If it goes off from that, the train is now off the track. It's a completely different story. Now I know we, you might be thinking, where did you invent all of these ridiculous concepts about chinuch? I know about chinuch is trach, trach, trach. Go to your room for three hours. You're not getting computer for the next nine weeks. I'm not doing a bar mitzvah for you. There's no ice cream for four years. Until <laughs> you finish a uh, Right? We're brothers. <laughs> so you might think that what I'm saying is liberal, liberal stuff. It's not liberal. I'm telling you that I th- what I think is truth. Discipline is good. It's important, but mm-hmm. discipline is only for this. Discipline is, if you're enjoying the discipline, if you're busy taking revenge, if you're busy showing them who's boss, if you're busy showing them that they're not going to play around with you, if you're disciplining out of anger, out of frustration, it's done with chinuch. All discipline is, discipline always has to be done with a feeling of relaxation and love. I don't love a person, I can't discipline them. Then it's Esau, it's not Yitzchak. It's Gvura that's not good. Discipline has to come, I really care for the person and I want to help this person achieve what I feel they really deserve and need to achieve for them. And I have to come from that place. If I can't come from that place, then it usually will not be very effective. It's not, it's not you're in a different place. And, and if you're not capable of that, so go do his bainanus before you discipline. Better to ignore, but not to discipline from kas or not schanus or pashat because you, you had a hard day and the kids are getting on your nerves and the only way you could deal with them is through punishment. It's not chinuch. You're not, they're real people. They're, God, they're God's kids. You know the Maisa with Shmuelu? I heard this from him himself. So he told me with his name and everything. He said he had a bad temper. He used to frask his kids. 
Go ahead. If you need to do an example, go ahead. <laughs> and he was on Yechidus, and he told the Rebbe that he loses himself and he whacks his kids. You know, then it was very accepted today. Uh, and who, who didn't whack their kids? Uh, we got, you was Echid to get this? Stick on the fingers. Ouch. Yeah, this was very common. This was very nurturing. <laughs> Once I had a guy who broke broke a stick on one of the boys, broke it mamrish on his achenayim. Anyway, so uh, he was on yechidus, and he told it up. He hits his kids and he hits them hard. He loses himself. So the Rebbe said to him, "I heard this from him." The Rebbe said, "Do neighbors or friends ever come over to play?" He said, "Yeah." He says, do you ever smack up one of the other kids? <laughs> he says, no, no, he doesn't touch them. He says, why not? He says, it's mine. It's not mine. So the dying kid is Eichnish Dainis, the Meberstens. Your child also doesn't belong to you, belongs to Hashem. So he said, and then he said this. He said, your child is doing something, and you lift up your hand to give him a smack. Your hand should tremble. How are you going to hit Hashem's child? Not to say that you can't. It's just to say that I should tremble. You dafke want to learn that from the story? If it makes you feel good, isn't it? Fine, I know you'll see that in 99.9% of the cases, if you feel that, you're not going to have to hit your child. The reason we hit is because we're not in that zone. We're, 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 in a, we're in a tense zone. If you're in that place, you'll see, you won't have to. First of all, it won't be effective. 99.9% of cases. Maybe it's a half a percent, uh, not a half a percent. Uh, Rabbi Mialistik will give you the percentage. What's 99.9 this? Whatever it is. You shouldn't hit I'll tell you what I heard from Rabbi Manus Friedman. A mother used to whack her kids. She came to him and she said, is it right or wrong? He said, it's 100% right. Whack, whack, whack. One condition. Not on the spot. I want you to make a list on paper what your kid does that will deserve a whack. And then follow that list. But the list you have to make when they're all asleep and you're not tired. So she sits down and she starts thinking, oh, there's like a hundred things probably. She said, why did I whack him today? He spilled the orange juice. So that doesn't deserve a whack. It was a mistake. Why did I slap him? And she starts thinking, there was not one thing that deserved a spanking. You understand? And then she realized that not one part had anything to do with education. It had to do with frustration or venting or annoyance, which are all legitimate emotions, but don't call it education. Go to the gym, do 300 push-ups, Right, which is anyway a good idea for us. Swim 30 laps. Do a punching bag 150 times. If you don't want to go to the gym, take a bat. Go to your garage and bat your tire 970 times. Let out your steam. Okay? If you're starving, 
go to a pizza shop, go to Shelley's and eat, come home like a behemoth gasa after the meal, bat the tire, and then, 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 then that's it. And then you won't have to vent on your kids and on your wife. By the way, we were in a formal therapy session the whole time. You just didn't know it. That's your problem. So here's a very powerful thing he said. The, the bad thing about anger and disciplining your kid when you're angry is that it works. In the short run. Very good. He said, Brilliant. If, Brilliant. If, if, if it never works, nobody would do it. But it only works in the short run. Very good. The gamble wins a little you hear bit. what he says? Problem with discipline is that it works, but only in the short run. Gewalda kavart. So this is all an answer to your question. What's the role of Torah and mitzvahs? In Chinuchoso, what's Torah and mitzvahs? Torah and mitzvahs with a child is not a way to redeem himself. Fakert. If the child is feeling the pressure of Yiddishkeit, you're not teaching him Yiddishkeit. You're teaching him something that enslaves him more. What you want to make him feel is the celebration of it, the opportunity of it, the gift of it. It's the ongoing conversation. The ongoing conversation between parents and children about celebrating life to the fullest. What if the child feels that celebrating life is watching television all day? What if the parents feels that celebrating what life is watching television all day? Huh? What if the child feels that celebrating life? Ah. Uh, uh, what if the parent feels that way? <laughs> if the child feels that way, it demonstrates to us how important that conversation is. <laughs> but just by screaming at the child, you're wasting your life, doesn't make him feel that television is not the best thing to do. We think, if I'm going to scream at my boy, you're wasting your life away. You could have sat and learned. That makes him understand inside that television all day is not celebrating life. How? How? How by telling him that he wastes his time does he get that message? All he knows is that he has to make sure to do it when I'm not looking. That's the only message that he gets. Another message he gets is that his father is very disappointed with him. A third message he gets is that he's a failure in life, not like his brother, who's such a chassidisha, geshmaka yiddishabach. All three messages are completely detrimental. At least let him do it when I see. (laughs) Message number one, you just lost that. Message number two is... That what? My father doesn't like him, so now the relationship is not good, right? And number three, that he's a failure. That means there's not even a a lot of hope for him. Everything I try to accomplish, I undermined. In my mind, I was doing it very well. And in truth, I undermined everything I want. But if it wouldn't be about me, screaming at him. I would tune into the world of my child. About me, he would not, would not have a TV. Huh? If it's not about me, he would not have a TV. Because who put the TV in the house? The father. <laughs> <laughs> That's so situation. Who put the internet in the house and who put the laptop in the house? That's a good point. 
That's a good point. Yeah, something you have to say. If you don't say anything, oh, you just do whatever. It's also not right. You have to, but it has to be a living example. That, that's the only way. You have to say everything, but you don't have right. to say. There's a conversation going on. Continuous. Of course you have to say. I'm not saying that your child should watch television all day. I'm telling you, if you want your child not to watch television, it's not about saying don't watch television. It's about creating a home where there's a certain focus and experience of what celebrating life is in a panemistic way. What if the child grows up? Yeah. Not what if. When the child grows up, and what if he says, I'll tell you, I'm about to right now, I have my, uh, my uh, conversation with my parents. And they're normal. You know, the child can tell and say, that's your celebration. This is how you celebrate life. My idea of celebration is something different. We believe that for Jews, this is the fullest way. This is the ultimate way of living. But not everybody thinks that. If a child could be given an experience of a real relationship with God, the w- and the warmth and the happiness it creates in the house, I don't think they'll be able to find anything close to that in a real secular environment. Real God, real relationship with God means unconditional love. Unconditional warmth, tremendous honesty. These are objective criteria of life celebration, even for a person who's not religious. So I think that a child who grows up in a house that's saturated with warmth, with honesty, with non judgmentalism, and with all the qualities that I think a real relationship with God engenders. It's very difficult for a person to say that they could easily find that elsewhere. It's very hard to find these things. First of all, to find a family that's wholesome, that stays married, self-achidosh. And that child, when he grows up, wherever he's going to be, he's going to remember what Friday night looked like. If Friday night was paradise in that house... He may be secular, but he's going to tell himself at what point, I want to give that Friday night to my kids. So the question is, what type of Friday night is taking place in our homes? There's Friday nights that are stressful. Then they get into a fight over the Dvar Torah. You didn't prepare Dvar Torah? Why am I paying tuition? Why am I paying tuition? You don't have a Dvar Torah? <laughs> that becomes Shabbos. They're fighting over Advaita. Advaita became another obligation. You want to create an atmosphere of a fun, fun. You understand? So it's a whole different experience. It's not the, Do you know that there was a recent study that was done um, uh, about what's the key factor in religious continuity of generations? They interviewed thousands of people, a few generations, and they wanted to understand what is it that why children will follow the religious tradition of their parents or not. Child. Not only Jews, not only Jews, also other religions. 
But what is the key criteria? What is the key criteria? Open dialogue. So the answer was unconditional nurture from parents. That was the key. Unconditional nurture from parents. That was the key. That's what you just told me last week. He read it in this. Interesting, no? That was Mamash the key issue. Unconditional nurture from home. So that means if you decide, to, if you're homosexual and you decide to leave a, lead a, a lifestyle that extreme, unconditional, you're still always accepted in my home. And homosexuality, and now you open up a new can of uh, potatoes, I see. <laughs> But Shivisi, it's not a problem. We, we could tackle everything. It's all Shivisi. I don't understand. The Shliach in the Chabad house, the guy drives up to the parking lot on Shabbos. He was over a Isr Skila in the Zman of the Beis HaMikdash. What does the Shliach do when he walks into Shul? What does he do? He hugs him. He hugs him. He gives him an aliyah. He sits him down right near him by the kiddush. <laughs> right? And no one blinks. The whole Chabad house world does this. No one blinks. Why? It's a skill of mamish. And let's say he was a Frum guy who went to India and ended up in Gabi Holzberg's Chabad house in Mumbai or another Chabad house. He didn't kiss him and embrace him. She's confused. Okay, so now you have a new word. Tinik Shanijba confused. So with that, it's poshet that it's not a problem. And Fakert, the Shliach will explain to you that through this love, in two years, he'll buy the house near the shul. Or he'll make a breakaway minion two miles away. <laughs> and he'll bring a nushlia. <laughs> That's what happened with Farkash right here in this neighborhood. <laughs> that was just a joke. But uh, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. We differentiate between kanos when it comes to Toyota's emes and appreciating that every Jew is completely one with God. I became religious in San Francisco. You understand? The guy who drove up to the shul was also gay. The guy who drove up to the shul and was gay was explaining to the Shia next to me. Why are you innocent when he said to David that I love you more than, 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 than anything, that you innocent was gay, and he was David's lover. Well, that's their shitta. Stop, just a correction. It was, Yoinison was killed, and when David eulogized him, after he was killed, David said, Stop, just a correction. They have this old theory. It's not a serious theory, but that's their theory. point is, that was the guy who drove up on Charles. I got it. I understood the point. 
This doesn't mean chas v'shalom to say that an alternative lifestyle is permissible. It's not. It's heipach ratzen Hashem. But remember something else. The struggle of the homosexual was not his choice. The act is forbidden, not the struggle. And we, a person has to respect that. You understand what I'm telling you? 100%. The fact that he struggles with something that may make him holier than other people, not worse than other people. The issue is the act, not the struggle. Struggle is a tremendous nisayin that he has. And people have to have a sensitivity for that. He's not doing it because he has nothing better. He has a very serious struggle, at least in his own heart, that's what he's feeling. I'm not now getting into the question if you could change, you can't change, and so on and so forth. Yes. Let's say you can absolutely change, but through only tremendous avoid. The, the, the prohibition in Torah is against the act, not against the struggle. And, who, and people who are not living alternative lifestyles don't struggle with other women. Should we love them? <laughs> if not we would be very few people to love <laughs> right you understand what I'm saying <laughs> okay this class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net please help us continue the classes make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate